Hello everyone, today we are at the World Government Summit and it's been a very very interesting day and I'm very lucky to be here recording encrypted live um, with two amazing special guests but before I introduce them I really want to give a huge shout out to the Dubai Blockchain Center without whom um, this wouldn't have been possible um, and shout out to Dr. Marwan for sure. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce both Lawrence Wintermeyer and Martin Bartlem. Lawrence Wintermeyer is the co-founder of Global Digital Finance and Principal at Lipsis, and Martin Bartlem is partner and partner and fintech global at and DLA Piper. So, Lawrence, could you go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Well, you did a great job, and uh, great to be here with you, Ahmed, and great to be at the World Government Summit again this year. Uh, Global Digital Finance is a not-for-profit members association that's dedicated to the development of professional codes and standards for the crypto and digital assets industry. Great. Martin? And also, thank you very much for inviting us here today. We had a really good panel session earlier on in the day. really enjoyed being here. Um, I'm a partner at DLA Piper, which is probably one of the two or three largest law firms in the world. Um, I specialize in all kinds of structured credit and particularly the focus around technology and how that's driving change in, in markets. Great. Um, Lawrence, remember last year that I think that's sort of the first time we formally met um, and uh, there, you were also in the panel, the crypto panel at the World Government Summit. And how big was the audience this time last year? Well, well uh, a year is a long time in yeah. crypto, isn't it? <laughs> it is. uh, I, I think we, we agree we had hundreds of people, I don't know, three, four, five hundred, yeah. and all sorts of papers, media attention. We did have Jesse from Kraken here, though, yes. so he's a bit of a rock star. Also Nick Spanos as well. Yeah, Nick Spanos, exactly. Mr. Bitcoin yeah. uh, was here. But if you remember at the time, the Bitcoin price was probably hovering somewhere around 17,000 US. Mm -hmm. uh, the ICO market was hot. We were sort of on the precipice of a, a SEC ruling, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on the sort of Howey test. And uh, I actually felt pretty lonely because uh, I was the only one on the crypto panel. And as a big fan of digital assets, uh, advocating, you know, some degree of adult supervision or moderation yeah. and, and almost got heckled off the panel. <laughs> Uh, so here we are uh, a year later, uh, and I was moderating today, and thanks to Martin as a guest, we had uh, Ross Lecco from the, the IMF, Lawrence White uh, from the Financial Stability Board as well. Mm. And it was definitely a more measured audience of <laughs> yeah. regulators and, and broadly digital asset policymakers yeah. uh, who were really uh, you know, trying to get some insight into where, where this whole space is going. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny because um, this panel, which was about um, the future of crypto and digital assets, the room allocated to it was smaller than last year's one and much less of an audience. But it's it's interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, the same thing with the price, right? Things have sort of consolidated to a more reasonable um, measure. Right? Well, well, I, I, I think uh, there are two points. One, um, and I'm, I'm never going to be able to get to say this mm -hmm. in my life again, but last year's panel we were in between Malcolm Gladwell and Will I Am, which that was probably true. one of the coolest <laughs> things on the planet anyway. So we probably had a lot of groupie overflow. Mm. Uh, but this year, um, and it's something that Martin really is, is quite considered on and, and we're agreed with, uh, we're at the end of a structural phase, call it whatever you want. Uh, there's mm. been a significant pullback in, in uh, you know, in crypto prices. Uh, we think a lot of that has to do with the ICO market and particularly utility tokens. 
and the market is reforming into uh, you know, the next phase of what it needs to be, which has all sorts of implications, not just for uh, the infrastructure of blockchain or DLT, but all sorts of implications for the interesting you know, financial instruments and as well the policy and regulation that, that, that's going to come about. Absolutely. And so going on to the regulatory side of things, um, Ross Leco from the IMF, uh, he, I think every time he actually talked, he was just talking about regulation. Um, and uh, as, so as a lawyer and helping firms sort of understand the space and actually consulting various um, government departments and also being a part of um, GDF as well, uh, what's your sort of take on it? You've been, again, talking a lot about STOs, ICOs, talking about the difference. Um, a year's a long time. Um, so how, how do you see, you know, the, the future of regulation? So, I mean, exactly as, uh, as, as Lawrence was saying, I think that, you know, to a certain extent, a year is definitely a long time in this space. I mean, it's very much like, um, you know, the market is growing up. Um, I feel it, it, last year, or 2017, was, was, was the party. It was uh, the teenagers running wild in the, uh, you know, in the global investment household. Um, and now we have the hangover and we have uh, maybe the parents coming along and, and cleaning up the place and setting some rules and putting some procedures in place. So we have a, you know, it's a less exciting place in some ways to be, that the hype, has, the hype has gone out of the market. But I think the underlying substance is just as important as it ever was. What we're, in, we're now in a phase of building and that building has to be sustainable. It has to be based on solid blocks which are um, in line with regulatory frameworks around the world. So, you know, when we hear from, uh, from, from Ross or, or, or Lawrence White, who's on the panel, and we hear about the approach the regulators are taking to really serious issues around, you know, how they combat money laundering, or how they deal with uh, um, having regulators around the world have a consistent approach to these areas. You know, these are difficult issues, but they're very real, and they're really at the heart of building this as a sustainable market. So we're now in that building phase, and, you know, I think it is, it's a really important phase of the market. Now, it may not be until the end of this year or next year when we start to see some of that, that kind of excitement come back into the market as, mm -hmm. we, as we potentially see some um, new, new issues come through, potentially some opportunity for, 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 for prices to rise again. But that will only happen if we have built a sustainable infrastructure and a framework uh, for these kind of crypto assets and, and digital tokens to, uh, to, to thrive in. And when it comes to crypto assets, you know, needing to thrive, what are the things that need to be put in place? Um, I, I remember on the panel, um, it was, there was a consensus that r regulation has to be put in place, but it might take sort of many years until the regulators really understand, uh, you know, all the things that's happening. I mean, me, me and me and you, Lawrence, were talking about sort of staking, right, where you could earn interest on um, on your Tezos, on other sort of um, these delegated proof of stake models. That's just a completely sort of different, you know, system that I don't know if the regulators have thought about yet. So it's just, I, I feel we're so early on. Well, let me, let me jump in then because um, I don't want <coughs> listeners to think that, you know, this market will only get going when we have regulators or governments bring out a whole new set of rules and regulations because, you know, that, that's, that just isn't the case. I think, you know, we have a regulatory framework which has been 
um, very effective in um, doing capital offerings mm -hmm. all over the world for you know for, for, for decades for many for, for many years so we have a we have a regulatory framework in place I think it's important that people understand the relationship between new forms of assets like digital tokens and cryptocurrencies and the existing regulatory regime but it's more about understanding that relationship and what's starting to come through some of the papers like the FCA consultation paper um, that came out very recently is that actually when you an analyze what they're saying or what ESMA is saying you know they the existing regulatory regime actually works pretty well for a kind of security token environment. Mm -hmm. And now there's a better understanding of cryptocurrencies falling out of, outside the, the regulatory perimeter and utility tokens still having a place, but again, outside the regulatory perimeter, provided they are genuinely utility tokens. So it's about understanding and educating people about the way these, these new technologies uh, I've got to coexist or exist within the current regulatory framework. So, so it shouldn't take a long time for this to happen. I think what we're lacking is some of the infrastructure to, to be put in place. And by that, I mean the, the exchanges that can trade. Because at the moment, there are, there are, there are almost no exchanges yeah. in, in Europe, for instance, um, that have got licenses to be able to trade. Um, There's a race from what I've seen. Yeah, right. indeed. Yeah. And I mean, in those areas, there is some interest and some excitement, but it's a lot, it's a, it takes some time to get the regulators um, on board with mm. putting those new licenses in place. But we're talking months there rather than years. And once we see that new infrastructure start to, to, to build, uh, we get the money laundering and identity type issues right. We get the custody and the interaction with the, 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 the traditional fiat monetary system in place. You know, then I think we've got a great opportunity to start to see this, this whole market build up again. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that, that is uh, spot on and, and so, um, I, I would put regulation aside, and someone came up to me after the panel today and gave us great feedback, but said, gee, the regulators really do know a lot about this space. We always think they're a bit distant, and, and they do. We do tons of outreach in GDF. They're, they're fully up with things. But I, I think what, what I would uh, say, you know, when, when Simon Taylor, who was my co-founder at Global Digital Finance a number of years ago, asked me what I thought of tokens, uh, my, my answer was, uh, really as an institutional trader, if, if I could package it uh, like a call option, um, so take a you know fractional investment, for example, in early stage in, you know, early stage companies and ha have the option but not the obligation to buy it, it'd be fantastic. And so I, I packaged all of that stuff in, uh, up into high yield. I, I had a particular institutional focus on things. But the number one thing is, are we delivering products that do a job that are really meaningful to people and, yeah. and that people can adopt? So, so if we put aside utility tokens, you know, the big discussion in the decentralized cryptocurrency exchange market last year was with central bankers who, who mainly said, you know, we've got nothing against cryptocurrencies. We, we just don't have a use for them ourselves because we can't see the use case. They're volatile. They don't have great redemption points. And so, hey, hey good luck. 
uh, we're more on the digital currency end of things than on the you know, decentralized algorithmic cryptocurrency end of things. And so I think uh, in the environment that Martin has just laid out to us where we have an increasing focus on better infrastructure, so we're getting in the next wave of infrastructure, we're getting regulators who are certainly more supportive of understanding how they need to put in place specific policies or regulations. But you're getting this great fusion of technology folks with cap markets experience, um, you know, looking at all sorts of, uh, you know, illiquid assets, illiquid products, high yield, right up to, you know, liquid securities. And, you know, looking for use cases that are, are really uh, great products that will be in demand and, and, and do a job for investors. Yeah. So I, I think that needs to come together. And I think it just happens that in the early stage of ICOs, uh, we had early stage capital in the form of something called a utility token, which was understood by very few people from my perspective, very popular with, with, with crypto speculators. Absolutely. And from everything you just said right now, what do you see, like, as, at least looking at from a sort of a UK angle, and usually when it comes to UK regulation, it kind of gets you know, passport to the broad in, in some instances. Um, so from, uh, you know, the landscape there and the, the European landscape, where do you see a real product utilizing this technology that will come to market very quickly? Right, well, well, well great question. And I always, uh, I, I always take the Fifth Amendment on this one because I'm not particularly into betting or into forecasts. <laughs> I like risk or, you know, uh, probabilistic adjusted sort of outcomes. Mm -hmm. So I'll start in a strange place. But... We, we see if we can get the issues around infrastructure and custodial rights for digital assets between issue and settlement, will knock a ton of cost off of that supply chain. When you say infrastructure, what do you mean? And why infrastructure? I'm talking about everything custody. from the market and infra you know market and exchange infrastructure okay. right through to custodians. Right. Um, so like the whole know, value chain. The, the whole value yeah. chain, the end-to-end -end issue to settlement value chain. If, if we can deliver a, a greater degree of newer technology and transparency to that in digital assets and bring the regulators along, that in itself will both compress costs and the access that, that people get and increase uh, to a larger extent transparency depending on what kind of vehicle it is. So, so that's something that I think many people are focused on. In my own world, in the institutional space, we're moving ahead with... Uh, to tokenized security or STO securitized token offerings and different uh, you know different asset classes particularly trying to deliver liquidity to illiquid things um, yeah. and so sense. I spent a lot of time last year broadly in the structured finance and, and, and bond area but particularly in either high yield impact or areas where uh, right now we're not particularly getting liquidity to but I think that's just a it's a typical early stage uh, early stage process I mean you know, Mike Milken was in, in you know, high yield uh, long before anyone sorted it out in the late 70s mm -hmm. and late 80s. And, and, and he was actually really quite responsible for, for funding most of the digital infrastructure early cable companies that we've yeah. seen, you know, come through over the past 25 years. So th those are the areas that I've been focused on. But I think, you know, who's the arbiter of, of, of innovation here? We get the infrastructure in place and we get, we, we get a few more ground rules around how it works. I think we'll see a whole uh, you yeah. know, heap of innovation just fall out of that. So before I follow up, um, I just wanted to um, talk about this phrase that I, I don't like it personally, but I don't know about you guys, um, security tokens or STOs. Um, in brief, do you think we should have a new term or do you think this term is, is something that... <laughs> 
because uh, I don't know, I'm trying to use that word, you know, as uh, like less and less because when I'm talking to somebody normal. It's a market it's, term, though. It's, it's, no, no, it's, it's, it's like term. saying, I don't like the blockchain. Can you change the name? Yeah, you know? so it, that, that's I wanted to get your opinions on that. Well, I, th I think the main purpose behind it was really to differentiate it from the previous ICO because te yeah. technically, uh, initial coin offering or ICO, you know, would encompass a security token offering by, you know, in the breadth of its definition. But I think what a lot of people are now using STO for is that it's it's clarifying or at least emphasizing that the issuer is treating the token as a security token and therefore complying with the securities rules. So I mean, I you know, I mean, in many ways, I I actually a, a bit like a bit like you. I, I think you know there are issues with using terminology of crypto, you know, cryptocurrencies, crypto assets, um, or tokens, you know, tokens and coins. You know, these terms potentially have got somewhat um, impacted by some of the history around um, around some of the bad behaviors, particularly in the ICO space. And and, and I try and, and you know maybe when you know when asked on the terminology, I talk about more digitalization of product. Okay. I think digitalization is seen as a forward moving process. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, when I'm talking to governments who are maybe looking at doing a, a cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. you know, if they go to the public and say, "Are we going to intru introduce a cryptocurrency?" Mm -hmm. It sort of sounds a little bit. Um, gimmicky yeah. a bit like oh what do they mean they're going to put bitcoin yeah. or you know do bitcoin or something if if they talk about you know modernizing their monetary system and digitalizing their processes it sounds ah oh, that's very yeah. or in, digital in, security yeah, in, yeah it's innovative and it's and it's and it's modern and it's the way the, the way life is going so 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 very much i think we're part of a, an ecosystem which is really about just modernizing the whole of our current system what we're looking is they're looking at online and digital approaches to mm -hmm. things that we have traditionally done in yeah. a, a more manual or, um, or, or paper-based or slower systems-based uh, way. Yeah. So I, I think security token still has use in the sense of it yeah. emphasizes the security. Especially in, in like, I, I guess between us, it, it makes total sense, but it's just sort of going to mass market. It's whether or not we'll Sort of use that well, well, again, um, and I, I'm not kidding you. I had many years ago um, someone on a panel say, "Lawrence, why did you have to call it the blockchain?" And I had to say, "Well, actually, it wasn't you know me that, that named it, and I'm not about to rebrand it." I think we have the same issue with, with stable coins. So, the two big, the two big trends I, I think in in our universe right now uh, in global digital finance are. Uh, STOs, which are all range uh, of of security tokens, mm -hmm. and and stable coins, and stable coins are broadly asset backed, um, you know, tokens, currency tokens, and and um, you know both have a great utility and a great uh, job to perform in in specific designs. So I think this year will be all about. Uh, seeing how they roll out, seeing what the adoption numbers look like. But from from my perspective, uh, again, a, a stable coin is if, if if it does, if it takes volatility out of uh, you, you know the use of transacting a, a, an actual digital currency and and uh, for what, what you know through whatever mechanisms it does offers a greater degree of redemp redemption or ubiquity mm -hmm. um, that, 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 that gives people an option at least to choose uh, if they want to use such an instrument no absolutely and I wanted to get back to your point regarding um, building the infrastructure and sort of the 
um, the ground rules. And when it comes to sort of the current um, digit, um, the current stock exchanges that there are out there, for example, the London Stock Exchange, do you think they? I mean, I'm sure it will be easy for them to sort of you know, get on somebody's system like Navara or somebody like that or to create something similar and to just, you know, make their own sort of a London digital stock exchange sort of version. Well, well, I don't, and do you, you think know, they'll I, be doing that? I, I don't know how, how, how easy it's going to be, but if you look at, uh, you know, Six in Switzerland, um, you know, at NASDAQ, uh, and and you know listen to what you think the uh, the London Stock Exchange plans are. Mm-hmm. The current exchanges are, are perfectly positioned, um, yeah, you know, for digital assets. Uh, we have a lot of new entrants that are coming in uh, as well. And and typically, in my own experience of new entrants, they're typically people out of cap markets. I know, so they yeah. look more like me than you know West Coast, uh, you know, blockchain, um, you know, tech uh, te- tech folks. So I, I think that that's a whole area we, we, you know, we need to see develop. I mean, we've been calling them uh, MLD5, Money Laundering Directive 5 exchanges, which I'm not sure is a very, you know, elegant term yeah. for things. Um, but, but, but that's a wait and see. And in, in, in this case, I, I actually do think the, the um, exchanger, uh, exchanges are positioned. I mean, uh, you know, again, Mar- Martin is a bit more focused on, on this area than I am, but it is custody and custodial rights yeah. that in digital assets, um, really in our own working yeah. groups and community, it's a difficult bit to answer. And we've got yeah. some of the world's largest custodians and some of the, the world's coolest digital <laughs> custodians on yeah. it. And, and it is a difficult nut to yeah. crack for, for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. Because it's it's sort of similar to self, like there there are instances of self custody, and that sort of means different things for different people and different processes. Yeah, there there are different challenges, and again, just to pick up on that point, because in some ways it looks as though the existing exchanges would be ideally suited, but in other ways, it, you know, it maybe is something that you're more likely to see a specialist, mm. um, blockchain type business come into this space at least initially because. Uh, whatever uh, exchange, whatever the exchange is, it's going to have to be able to show to the regulator that it's um, capable of acting in this space. So uh, whether and, and what what's happening at the moment is it's more likely that um, the that people are going to come in and apply for MTF licenses uh, from the UK European perspective, MTF, MTF licenses to kind of specialise around this digital space, and they're going to build their systems. Can you quickly just describe what an MTF license is, just for those? Oh, who sure, don't know. sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, in order to operate an exchange, you have to. It's a, it's a regulated activity, so you have to be authorised. You have to have a permission from the regulator. So, MTF stands for Multilateral uh, Trading Facility which basically means a platform which um, enables um, parties to trade on that platform. In, in order to operate a, a, a trading platform, an exchange, you, again, you have to be able to satisfy the regulator that you have in place, all the systems and the knowledge and the risk profile to be able to manage that process. So when you look at what the existing exchanges have in place, they they're not necessarily geared towards a, a different underlying digital system, a block, say okay. a blockchain approach. So, so this is not to say they can't do it, because of course they can. I mean, they can bring these systems in. But what is more likely to happen, I think, in the short term, is that those, and I think that's what we're seeing with the, you know, you know with some of the existing license applications that are going through. We're working with a number of um, 
a number of organisations that are putting in their applications. Could you name them? Well, um, I mean, one that's gone pub- very public about it, so I don't feel I'm breaching any confidentiality, is Archax. You know, yeah, we, Archex, we've seen yeah. Archax's um, yeah, process, and you know, it's very impressive what they're trying to achieve. But there, you know, there, there, there are organisations like Archex, which I think are going to specialise in this space, and that means understanding exactly how this tokenization process and digitalization process is going to work. For the large regulated exchanges, you know, they, I think, may be, um, you know, wanting to see how the system will operate before they necessarily jump into that space themselves. And they would still have to go through the process of satisfying the regulator that they understand the, the, the risks and the approaches to dealing with these type of digital assets. And that very real issue as to how you deal with custody and cash in the context of this kind of underlying um, exchange asset. Okay, great. And what, moving on to another topic, which is um, which is one of the reasons why ICOs became a big thing, and it's still something that is close to all of our hearts, and that is capital raising. Um, so we still believe that you know capital raising through a form of a token, whether it's security, utility, whatever, um, still has so many benefits because um, of how easy it is, of how global it can become. And you mentioned this um, on on the panel today. Could you touch on you, you mentioned a point where you you said that we can come to sort of a, a stage where um, there would be sort of uniform re, you know regulation where you can actually raise money globally. How long do you see that to become until it becomes a reality? Yeah, I mean, I'd say rather than uniform regulation, I think you know, at the moment we, we, we very much don't have uniform regulation, but what we have is consistency in the approach that regulators take to capital raising. So pretty much any country in the world um, has a system whereby if you're, if you're raising money from the public, the general public, from retail investors, they will require some form of regulatory oversight in relation to the process and the documentation involved. Um, so classically a prospectus in the EU or a registration statement in the US, and, and it's a similar profile in most places around the world. However, almost every regulator will also have a, an exemptions regime. So what I mean by that is they will have a way of offering securities to um, sophisticated investors based on the knowledge base and understanding of the risks involved by those investors. So a credited investor regime in, in the US, you know, or, or professional exemptions, for instance, in, 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 uh, in the EU. And so there is, a, there is a, a way of raising capital which is based around either a decision to go out to retail and to the general public or to target your, your capital raising to certain types of investors. And what we think is going to happen is that I think through the use of technology, and we're working with technology providers, that we can ease the process of approaching um, these more sophisticated investors on a more global basis. Um, Lawrence, from a market point of view, now we've talked about exchanges and we've talked about um, capital raising. Do you see sort of a company doing the whole value chain or do you see sort of, um, you know, um, companies targeting specific niches within the value chain to provide this value? I think that uh, the evolution of any market uh, always uh, sees specialists come in. So, you know, I like Martin's example of Archax and the point of exchanges. I mean, you know, most incumbents aren't aren't incentivized to take 
uh, you know, tons of risk either with capital solution or clients in early stage adoption of technology. Um, they're getting better at looking at it and working with fintechs or digital assets firms and the regulator. So I think everyone in the community has recognized the benefit of, of coming together and trying to, you know, shorten out that process or, or, you know, collectively work together to at least try to get rid of some of the back-end tail risks of, uh, you, you know, going out and, and doing high-risk things with a, a smaller segment of the community. But I, I, I think that, you know, to, to, to this point, we will be in a very fragmented, uh, super segmented world, and uh, you know, I don't. You know, it was probably more than ten years ago. Uh, it was Luma, you know, fi financial uh, sort of investment bank um, in in New York, started doing these landscapes of of tech firms, and you know, you'd look at it, and there'd be two hundred, you know, digital market marketing firms yeah. segmented, you know, thirty different ways. I, I actually think that's the world we live in with digital. It's no okay. different with fintech. It's certainly no different with with, with blockchain. Um, digital assets or crypto. Uh, just on today's panel, um, speaking to some of the you know people who attended the panel and feedback, even for people either in policy or in institutional markets, trying to keep track in 45 minutes. You know when we've got Martin from DLA, uh, the IMF, yeah. and and FSB along with me at GDF, just trying to keep score on <laughs> what what exactly is a cryptocurrency. And then gee, when you say a decentralized algorithmic cryptocurrency versus a digital currency, which the banks are looking at. I mean, we just lose people yep, immediately before we even get into tokens. And, <laughs> and, and you know, Martin and I are always happy to talk about utility yeah, yeah, tokens yeah. because we, we had a big aha moment last year and, yeah. you know, working through, uh, you know, how to describe them to, to the community and clients. So, so I, I think this level of, of, you know, technical technology language and technical financial language, um, you know, breeds a high degree of specialization and it's the incremental way that we, we get solutions up and working. So, so in 10 years time, the, the exchanges will all be off running and, yeah. and we may have specialist exchanges, but in, in the short term for the next two to three years, again, I, I don't see any degree of certainty in terms of, yeah. uh, you, you know, uh, uh, particular winners, losers, or adoption. It, it, it's all to play. Um, and, and so, you know, I think that's what makes it exciting. What, what I would say, and, and, you know, Martin's mentioned uh, Archax, and, you know, it's a great use case of people who have come out of the, you know, broadly the hedge space. And, yeah. and so what we're seeing is a hybrid of, of, you know, more people coming in with cap markets or institutional and technological experience trying to solve these problems. So we're getting a better hybrid of, of you know, new venture firm anyway, yeah. uh, venture backed firm going to bat trying to solve some of these things. Um, at the same time, we're getting institutions who have really started to pay attention to mm -hmm. this now. So, so you know, it's, it's uh, clipping at a good rate. Great to hear. And just before we um, go off, because we are a bit of tight of time, um, what sort of your takeaway from the World Government Summit? Um, you, it's been two days. Um, your second time, Lawrence, and your first time, I assume, yeah, Martin. My first time, yeah. yeah. So any sort of takeaways, um, maybe from the summit or Dubai in general, just... 
Well, I think what we are encouraged by, or I said to be for myself and I was going to say what his views are, we, to, to have these summits which are debating these type of issues, I think is really important. To get the quality of the panel that Lawrence, uh, give him credit for pulling together the, 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 the panel that we had uh, today, you know, to have this debate with you know, members of, of government from uh, UAE as well as you know, participants that want to build up from the, gra the ground, the grassroots, you know, how you can develop uh, investment strategies and how you can build uh, businesses in, in the region. It's incredibly powerful to bring this thinking together. And so I can only, you know, praise the, you know, the, the people who have put the, you know, the effort and the, the expense together in bringing this together to bring yeah. these thinkers together in this kind of environment. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, here, here. I, I think that uh, unlike um, many, um, you know, many global conferences, this one is particularly focused on government. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're here representing actually an industry that, that wants to work with government and so policy makers. So have to be a bit careful in what we say. <laughs> well, well um, but, you know, back, back to Martin's point, I couldn't echo it. It is an open platform for bringing uh, together the highest level of global policy makers. I mean, when we've yeah. got the FSB, you know, representing G20 and, and you know, the IMF, the OECD, all yeah. big sponsors here. I think that's pretty important. And you know, today we had a handful of regulators that we yeah. all work with in the audience, which is always very, very encouraging. But I, I have to say that uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of the World Government Summit, but it was the, the, the message last year that really got me infected when, um, you know, quite often, whether it's in my work with GDF or my commercial work, people are always asking me, what's the next big trend in fintech or blockchain? Yeah. Where's the money going to be made? And you know the big message coming out of the World Government Summit, and a lot of this is what what, what Dubai is anchoring in technology yeah. is all about. It's not about the technology; it's about humanity and people working mm -hmm. with technology. And and so that me message is really resonant again this year. And 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 I, I really like that because I think it's important that we put humanity back at the center of things, particularly <laughs> yeah. where we get into you know discussions around AI, machine learning, blockchain, yeah. and and not lose sight of where the next big money area or the yeah. you know the next big innovation or cool tech thing is because it ain't going to happen without people <laughs> absolutely well gentlemen it's been a real pleasure um and actually one final question since we're here what are your hobbies i don't know i just want to get to know you guys a bit more i guess what what do you do for the weekend yeah when i'm not working and traveling yeah. i spend time with my eight-year-old daughter yeah. um and and we do everything from um sing and play music together nice. you know to skiing and horse riding but i'm i'm her chauffeur uh, her cook her, her tutor um, and, and so, so really, I, I love golf, yeah. uh, but I, I've gone from playing golf three times a week uh, before I had children, and now I'm lucky if I play golf three times a year. Wow. Uh, but, but she seems to be keen on golf, so we might try to you know, get her to, to, to swing yeah. some clubs this year. It's like putting an Arsenal shirt on your newborn baby, right? That's, like, that's you know, Abdul, that's actually. <laughs> you know Abdul well, my business partner. He's got an, uh, you know, uh, a football shirt on his five-year-old uh, Kuali, who, uh, who scored four goals on the weekend. Wow. Uh, so you know, he's already a football legend. Awesome. How about you, Martin? Um, and, and 
So for me, when, when, when I do get a chance to get out, I'm, I guess I'm tr trying to do things that'll keep me healthy, you know, given the travel, the work, the eating, it's great to, uh, to try and do something healthy. So I cycle, I play tennis. Um, I'm you know, fortunate enough to have all these facilities around me when I, where I live at home. Um, so it's really that, you know, spending some quality time trying to stay healthy. Awesome, great stuff, guys. Um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And, um, and hopefully to see you again next year at the World Conference Summit. Thank you, Amber. We'd love to. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.